worship team for leading us this morning in the presence of the Lord. Welcome to all of you today. We are so honored that you're here this morning in the house of the Lord with us. I'm thankful for his presence today. Thankful that I can testify that I'm saved on my way to heaven. Amen. How many is enjoying the journey? Amen. I'm so thankful today for his faithfulness. Those of you that are here with us, that is visiting, we say a very special welcome to you today. I'm just going to jump right into the Word this morning. Uh, I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles with us to Genesis chapter number 28. Genesis chapter number 28 is where we'll be in just a moment. I know some of the children are going to class this morning as they're doing that and as you're preparing. Uh, if the Lord would help us for the next few moments. I want to speak into your life this morning that which the Lord has given us for today. And uh, how many is ready for the word this morning? Well, the rest of you just endure the ones that's ready, all right? But uh, we're going to do our best to share with you for a few moments today on what the Lord has really placed on our heart. Before we get into Genesis chapter number 28, and we'll begin our reading in verse number 10. But if the Lord would help me today, I want to simply uh, speak to you on this, on this thought, on this train of thought uh, today, simply, and I knew it not. I, uh, I revisited some of the places that the Lord has taken me over the last several years uh, in recent days uh, going through Scripture. And... Uh, I'm going to give you part two today of a message that I, that I shared, I believe it was March of 2017. So you probably don't remember that, but I do remember that. And I'm going to continue. The Lord began to give me fresh uh, revelation of where we're at in this moment of time through this passage of Scripture. And I'm just going to uh, just jump in and go from there. But how many knows that wisdom is a very special thing today to have? And uh, before we read Genesis 28 together, uh, King Solomon, he said this, to know wisdom and instruction. You know, what he was simply saying is that, you know, if you got anything in your possession, make sure that you have wisdom and you understand the value of instruction. He went a little further and he simply said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I don't know about you this morning, but I do not want to be considered a fool when it comes to the things of God. But I find that it is comforting to know that you find in Proverbs 2 and 6, it is for the Lord gives wisdom and out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Aren't you glad that he can speak to us this morning? And uh, he's not far off that he can't be touched and reached today but he is near. And we find also in chapter 2 and verse 7 of Proverbs, if you was to read, it says that he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. Any righteous in the house this morning? I believe there is. And therefore, there's some things that's set aside specifically for you and I this morning. But then you find if uh, Solomon wrote in chapter number 3, he said, happy is the man that findeth wisdom. So if somebody's around you isn't too happy today, I'll let you figure that out. All right? But uh, happy is the one that finds wisdom and the man that gaineth understanding. But we also find that then he gives us these instructions. Chapter 4, verse 6 through 9. I haven't got, we'll get to Genesis 28 in just a moment. It says, forsake her not and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. And she shall bring thee to honor when you do embrace her. She will give to your head an ornament of grace and a crown of glory shall she deliver to you. We also find that he wrote in Proverbs 9 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy 
is understanding. I want you to keep those things in mind this morning as we now take you to the story of Jacob. Jacob is a man that he didn't do everything right, that's for sure, just like all of us in this room. If you've done everything right, please come talk to me after service this morning. I'd like to sit at your feet and glean from you and learn from you today. I'm just glad Sister Russell's not here this morning. She would tell you that I'm not always right. So, but today, that's just another story, all right? So, but we find that Jacob, he found himself doing some things that, that really wasn't very proper, wasn't very ethical. He got into a place where he was really in a state of trouble. And we find that he had enraged his brother in such a manner that he said, I'm going to let my father pass away in a, in a, in a respectful manner, but as soon as he's out of the picture, I'm going to take my brother's life because of what he's done to me. It began to be heard. The noise began to be presented, and Jacob found himself in a very disruptive place, very discouraging place, a place where he was overwhelmed. But then his father Isaac simply said to him, I do not want you to take a wife of the Canaanites here, but I want you to go to your mother's uncle's house, and I want you to find you a bride there. And he simply, it says that he sent him away, said that you're not allowed to be here any longer. We're sending you out because of everything that's going on in the moment of time that they found themselves in. But we find that he begins to take the journey and darkness begins to come. And we find in verse number 10, as in our reading in chapter number 28, we find that it says, And he lighted upon a certain place, and he tarried there all night, because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows. And he lay down in that place to sleep, and he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places wherever you go, and will bring you again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows, and he set it up for a pillar, and he poured oil upon the top of it, and he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Lutz at the first. Let us pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you today. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for your people that's in this house with us. Lord, I thank you that we have sensed your presence in our worship today. But Lord, now I'm asking you to anoint this vessel of clay, not to speak my opinion, but Lord, to speak that which you have shown me and what you've shared with me in private. Lord, let it now be publicly on display that you would receive glory and honor. Let this word come forth in power and authority today, we pray in Jesus' name. The church says, amen and amen. In this story, it's a story that probably many of you are familiar with, but for a few moments, let me take you again back to the word of the Lord. And it says that he was afraid and how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the, the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. We find that we are currently dealing with an increased presence of a spirit of deception in our land and in our world. We today know as men and women of faith that we are been tested, we are been challenged like we have never been challenged in recent history. Men have been led to believe that they are in a particular place or a particular climate 
when they're really in a different location, spiritually speaking. But we find that the master of deception, he's very good at what he does. We're not here to celebrate him or lift him high this morning, but I'm here to be real with you that he is still the father of all lies. He is still the one that brings death and destruction. He's still seeking whom he may devour. He's still wanting to wreck everything that you are and everything that is connected to you. He wants to bring destruction and death to the nations of the world as well as you and I as individuals. But we know this, because of the recent climate that we find ourselves in, many avenues are being used for him to accomplish that which is in his heart. And we know that there is many road signs, so to speak, that's been put on display that's trying to tell us that there's certain things that really aren't really there. How many knows that when you begin to travel the roads of life and even in the natural, when you get in your automobile and you begin to travel, you'll find road signs all along the journey. They'll tell you that curves are coming. They'll give you speed limits postings. Uh, they also tell you sometimes with little flashing lights that bridges are out and that there's hazards on the roadways and all of these things. And it begins to affect how you think uh, and how you respond. It begins to affect you on many different levels because then when you begin to see those signs, uh, you begin to slow down. You begin to be more cautious. You begin to be more aware. You begin to have a different focus or a different mindset of the condition that you are. Maybe a ride that you've taken oftentimes through life on a very pleasant road uh, and say, oh, it's always been enjoyable. It's always been full of peace. Uh, but when you begin to see uh, signs of warning that's been posted by men, it begins to make worry and uncertainty begin to enter in because you don't really know what's ahead. Can I tell you today that the climate that we find ourselves in has been manipulated uh, not simply just by men, uh, but by evil men uh, that have made assignments or contracts uh, with the kingdom of darkness. Uh, but however, uh, well, I want you to realize that when you look at the story of Jacob, uh, he thought he was someplace uh, because of all of the signs that was present. Uh, when he takes this journey and darkness begins to come, uh, he finds himself in a state where he's not able to travel any further. Uh, and he gets him some stones and he lays down and says, I'm just going to rest here for a while. Uh, he thought he was in the city of Lutz. Uh, that city, the definition of that word is simply a place of separation, uh, a place where you have been pushed aside and pushed out. Uh, and that's where he thought he was. Uh, but when he laid his head down uh, and began to get some rest, all of a sudden uh, there began to be an interruption of his sleep. Uh, as he began to lay there it says that a dream began to come to him uh, this dream was from the Lord uh, and we find that the ladder began uh, that he saw in this dream went from earth all the way into the portals of heaven uh, and he began to see angels ascending and descending uh, you say why is this so important uh, if you stay with me just for a few moments today uh, we find that in this moment of time uh, he found himself in a place of transition uh, meaning this, he was in a time of movement or passage or change uh, from one stage or one stage or one position uh, to another. Uh, God was doing a work and was transitioning him uh, and was getting ready. This was really the beginning stage that would lead his name uh, to be changed from Jacob uh, to Israel. Uh, and we find that the transition began here. Uh, and it was in a time of discomfort uh, that God begins to reveal to him. Uh, he simply makes covenant with him uh, as he awakens. Uh, the Lord begins to speak to him in this dream and says uh, that, you know, as I really, what he was saying is, as I was with Abraham, uh, as I've been with Isaac, uh, so now I'm going to be with you. Everywhere that you go, uh, I'm going to be with you. Uh, and not only are I'm going to be with you, but I'm going to be with your seed. Uh, and you and I need to understand that is important. 
because we find in scripture in the in the book of Galatians uh, where it says that know you not that you are the seed uh, of Abraham uh, notice with me uh, you and I today as men and women of faith uh, we do not have to bow to fear in the midst of everything that's going on in our world uh, but we can stand in confidence knowing this uh, that greater is the one that is in us uh, than he that's in the world and how can we stand with such confidence uh, is if you was to go back into your Bibles in Genesis 22 and 17, uh, you would find that these words that was given to Abraham, uh, it says that in blessing, I will bless thee uh, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven uh, and as the sand which is upon the seashore uh, and thy seed shall possess the gate uh, of his enemies. Uh, can I tell you this morning, uh, the enemy is trying everything in his power uh, to make the church believe that they're in a specific place, uh, but I've got good news. Uh, he can change all the signs that he wants to. Uh, he can use every media outlet that he wants to. Uh, he can use every voice uh, of men and women with influence that he wants to, uh, but it does not change the fact uh, that the blood bought saints of God uh, has the power and the ability uh, to possess uh, the gates uh, of the enemy. Uh, therefore, this morning, uh, you might be full of fear. Uh, you might be full of anxiousness. Uh, you might be full of uncertainty. Uh, but I've got good news this morning. Uh, I didn't come with doom and gloom today. Uh, but I come to tell somebody this morning, uh, I know what the enemy is saying to you. Uh, but I also know what the Lord is saying concerning you, uh, that there is no weapon formed against you that can prosper, uh, but you and I today, uh, we are still the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, and therefore I have the ability uh, to possess the gate uh, of the enemy. Uh, what does that really mean, you might ask? Uh, it means that I have the keys to the kingdom. Uh, it means that that which I bind on earth uh, can be bound uh, in the heaven but also it means that that which I loose also can be loosed. Can I tell you, it is time for the church in America especially to begin to guard the gates that God has given us control over. We do not have to sit in silence. We do not have to sit with intimidation, but we can rise up and say that I have been given something by the supreme authority of the universe. I have been given the opportunity to serve my God in this season. Much like Esther said, I don't know what to do, but Mordecai said, maybe for such a time as this, you've been appointed. Can I tell you, God saw fit for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that is in this room to be present at this very moment because he has chosen to have need of you in this moment. But like every other generation, he has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. He has not sent you away. But he's simply saying, I'm sending you out so that you can have a time of revelation, so that you can experience me. Listen, you may think that you're in a drought. You may think that you're in a place of great trouble and everything around us is shaking. But I've got good news this morning. The church is not in a place of separation but the church is at the gates of heaven can I tell you Jacob in the midst of everything he said ah oh, my daddy don't want me no more my brother wants to kill me I don't know where I'm at what I'm doing but all of a sudden the Lord stepped in and said you don't know it yet but you are at the gate of heaven you are on the brink of stepping into something that you never been. I'm going to go ahead and preach this while you sat there this morning. Uh, I'm telling you the church of Jesus Christ uh, is about to step uh, from the place of lack uh, into the place of abundance. Uh, listen, uh, the place where the anointing has seemed to be far off uh, is about to intensify. Uh, listen, uh, you and I 
today uh, we better just get ready uh, because God is about to do a new thing uh, and this thing uh, is about to bring uh, heaven to earth uh, and we are about to see the manifestation uh, of the power and the glory of God. Uh, Some of you didn't know it this morning uh, but can I tell you uh, you are right where God wants you to be uh, and you need to begin to magnify his name. Uh, You're not going to go down in defeat. You're not going to be overran. You're not going to be destroyed. But God's about to promote you into a place where you will see him in his glory. There is an awakening that's taking place across the nation today. And as Jacob awakened, he realized that I'm not where I thought I was. Some of you under the sound of my voice this morning, you're not really where you think you are because some of you think, well, I'm abandoned. I'm forgotten. I'm sitting at the well of failure. I've did this and I've done that and, and the enemies just beat you to death. You thought you was in this place where everything was just foreign and uncomfortable but what you don't realize this morning is you're really sitting at a place where miracles happen can I tell you that when Jacob awakened out of his sleep he said surely surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not You know what he was saying? He says, without any doubt, the Lord is here. I want to speak into your situation today, right where you're at, where the enemy says, oh, it's it's all of this. Undoubtedly, the Lord is right where you're at. Notice, when he proceeded, he said, you know, not only is this, not only is this different than what I realized when I laid down he said this is this has to be proclaimed and he takes that stone that he had his head on and he raised it up and he poured oil on and he said I'm going to make a proclamation that this is Bethel meaning it is the house of God but he simply said but it is the gate of heaven Can I tell you all throughout scriptures, gates are important. And I want to show you just how important it is when you find yourself sitting where we are today as a nation and as a world. Because a lot of dark things are at the gate, but there's a lot of victories at the gate. David looked over yonder and he saw Bethlehem. He leaned over to his guys that was with him. He said, you know what? Just just inside that gate is the best water that has ever been. Oh, how I'd long just for a drink from that well just inside the gate of Bethlehem. I believe there's some people that's beginning to long for a taste that comes from Bethlehem. And what you don't realize is your longing begins to make others move. Can I tell you that it was just a moment of time that David had a cup of water from that well because some of his mightiest men said, what the king wants, the king gets. And they did not let the enemy, the trials, the opposition keep them from obtaining what was right in front of David. David possessed that which he desired. Let me remind you though about the gate this morning. The words of Christ simply said in Matthew 7, he says, you enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and 
many there be which go in there. But he said, straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few find it. Can I tell you, it is always at a gate where the miracles begin to take place. Jesus was walking. If you was to read in your Bibles in Luke chapter number 7, verse number 12, you will find that it says that Jesus had compassion on a widow woman that had just lost her son. And it says that he came to the gate of the city of Nain and he laid his hand upon the thing that carried him. And it says immediately he spoke to that boy. He said, arise. And he awakened. Notice with me. It says he that was dead set up. Can I tell you when you get to the gate, dead things begin to live. Our nation is in turmoil. Darkness is everywhere. But I'm going to make a proclamation today. And you can hold me accountable for it. While they're telling the church that it's too dangerous for them to worship. While they're telling you it's too dangerous to assemble like you are today. Can I tell you when they're doing everything in their power to kill it and say it's over. There is something that's about to set up uh, and it's about uh, to sing like it's never sung. Uh, can I tell you uh, there's a sound that's getting ready to emerge uh, because uh, of Jesus' presence that is even present now. Uh, can I tell you I find uh, in scripture another story. Uh, there was a man by the name uh, of Lazarus. He was a beggar uh, and there was a rich man in that story uh, that was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. Uh, but the beggar, Lazarus, he was laid at the gate. Uh, notice this, he was full of sores. Uh, he was in pain. Uh, he was in discomfort. Uh, he didn't have anything by the world standard, uh, but it says that he died. Uh, and it says that the rich man died, uh, but the rich man opened up his eyes in hell. Uh, but notice what happened to Lazarus, the beggar. Uh, he was carried by the angels into Abraham bosom uh, and the rich man cried from the pits of hell uh, and said send Lazarus uh, just to cool my tongue just give me one drip of water uh, and he simply says this uh, you know now uh, Lazarus is comforted uh, can I tell you there is a comfort uh, that is coming to the church uh, I don't want you to be anxious today uh, I don't want you to be fearful today uh, I don't want you to look at your problem or your circumstance and say I this is the end of me no uh, take comfort in knowing uh, that God is still God uh, he is still going before you uh, he is still going beside you uh, and he's still surrounding you uh, no matter where you find yourself uh, but then I find another story in scripture uh, Acts chapter 3 at a certain time of the day uh, Peter and John going to the temple they sung about it this morning uh, there was a man that was set outside the gate called beautiful every day uh, and we find that he would beg uh, but then Peter said silver and gold I don't have uh, but that which I have I give unto you. Uh, rise up and walk. All of a sudden, uh, the one that sat outside the beautiful gate that had never been in the presence of God, uh, we find that he began to leap and dance and praise the Lord. Uh, everybody said, what in the world's happening? I'll tell you what happened. Uh, at that particular moment, at that particular time, uh, at the gate, uh, heaven came down. Uh, and I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, the world doesn't understand it. Uh, they, they think we're crazy this morning. Uh, and maybe we are by their standard uh, but I'm going to be crazy for Jesus this morning uh, because the reality is uh, there is things that is changing uh, there's things that are moving uh, you say why are you excited this morning uh, when you see everything that's happening uh, I can't help but be excited uh, because I begin to realize when the world is saying you're in death uh, you're in destruction uh, you're in demise uh, you're in decline uh, I can't help but begin to realize uh, that there's still a ladder that touches the earth uh, that ascends to the heavenlies uh, and there is still angels that's going up and down it uh, and can I tell you uh, I am not where the world says that I am uh, but we find uh, that in the last days says the Lord uh, that you will see uh, a great falling away we're seeing that uh, he says there will be times uh, of war uh, there will be times of famine uh, there will be times of pestilence uh, there will be times of great disease uh, there will be times of all kinds of things uh, where people don't want to assemble together uh, 
but he said, look up for your redemption draws nigh. The world says you're about over. I said, no, I'm about to live because I'm at the gates of heaven. Can I tell you, John the Revelator, he caught a glimpse of it. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Can I tell you, it'd be all right if somebody got in the spirit on the Lord's day once again. Notice he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. He said, the first earth was passed away and there was no more sea. But he said, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. He began to get excited, I believe. He said, it was prepared as a bride adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them. Notice if you go on a little further in Revelation 21, he said, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and he showed me that great city, the holy city of Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious. But notice if you read through that, he said, oh, by the way, there was 12 gates on it. Every one of them was made of one big pearl. And he says there was a foundation that was of jasper and many other things. He said, I saw a crystal sea. He said, I saw the streets of gold that was so transparent it was like glass. You read all of it. He begins to talk about there's no more pain there, no more death, no more separation. Anybody getting excited yet? Can I tell you, the world is telling you it's over, but I'm here to tell you it's about to begin. We're almost home, folks. Can I tell you, I'm just a pilgrim passing through. Listen, I'm going to be a patriot, and I understand all of that, but listen, this world is not my home, but I'm about to make an ascent to heaven, and you and I today got to realize right before we go, there is a glory cloud that's coming. Jacob said, I didn't know it. I didn't know where I was at. Can I tell you, if you listen to Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, or anybody else, you ain't gonna know where you're at. They're gonna tell you it's all over. Don't care no matter what side of the political fence you're on. It's bad. It's real bad. Here's what they're telling you. You're dying. They're telling your nation's dying. They're telling you all your freedom's gone. They're telling you all of this and all of that. They just keep pouring it on every day, every day. Phone going throughout the day. There's another alert. Somebody's telling us how dark it is. 15 minutes later, you get another alert. Yep, breaking news, yeah. Something else dark. They don't understand. Something moving. Something moving. What are you saying, Pastor? In the midst of Jacob's discomfort, in the midst of his unknowing, in the midst of many things going through his mind, everything was dark around him. All of a sudden, the Lord says, listen, that's not where you're at. You're just in transition. I hear so many people say, I can't wait till we get back to normal. Really? In the normal, nobody's getting saved, nobody getting delivered, nobody getting set free. Your family's still dying and going to hell. I don't want to go back to normal, but I'm in transition. Hear me. I'm transitioning, and I'm realizing that, you know what? All these things that everybody's saying, that's not really where I am. No. No, I'm over here. I'm on the brink of seed, the hand of God move like I've never saw. I'm over here getting ready to have an encounter with him in such a manner that he even changes my name from Jacob to Israel. Think about that. Notice it was in his time of transition, in this place of discomfort that God began to teach him, Jacob, you're not everything that your past says you are, but I'm bringing something new and fresh to you today. Can I say to you this morning that you're not where everything that points around you says that you are? 
because of God's grace and because of God's mercy, hear this preacher this morning. He allowed you to be in the house of God one more time for you to hear me scream at you and spit at you today so that you could hear that you're still loved, that you're still valuable, and he's not looking at your failures, but he's looking at you presently right now saying this, you're at a gate in a time in history where you're at the brink of heaven. The prophet Joel said this, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit, says the Lord. Most of you can quote that. We always look at that futuristic, but you have to realize that in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, Peter came out and stood on the portals of the balcony of Jerusalem, and he simply said this. He said, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke about. We've been in the last days for 2,000 years. And not only are we now in the last days but we are in the latter moments of the last day meaning this that we have approached and we are now traveled this journey for 2,000 years and now we are at the standing at the portal or the gate of heaven can I tell you that while the angels need a ladder to get up and down we're getting ready to lose gravity I don't know when it's coming I just know he's coming I just know that it was at the midnight hour when some were still trying to find some oil for their lamps that he came and five went in. There's an urgency in my spirit today to tell you, get oil in your lamp. Get it trimmed, get it burning. Get it burning brighter than it's ever burned because we are at a place, we're at a portal where we're getting ready to advance into a place that we've never been. This morning, and I knew it not, at the taking the risk of many of you thinking that I'm absolutely crazy and lost my mind, I'm going to share a story with you, an encounter that happened to me about a month ago. And I'm going to close and we're going to pray. I had been in my office all day in this building, seeking, preparing for service. Pastor Jade stopped by, it was probably 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. He came and he stood and he stood in the doorway of my office and talked for a moment. And I was getting ready to leave. And all of a sudden across my security camera, screen in my office there was a ball of light that came probably from about where brother Dan is sitting up out of the floor and came and twisted and turned and went through the ceiling I showed that to very few people just a few moments later another ball of light came from that section up out and went through the ceiling I never had an encounter like that in my life so I did the only thing that I knew to do, and that was to pray. <laughs> I said, I think I don't need to leave. I need to stay a little while. And Jade said, will that be all right if I just stay with you? So I, we put some worship music on, and we began to pray. The presence of the Lord hovered in this room. Such a manner that we had our own worship service. Probably an hour went by. I went back in, and I sat down at my desk. Now, the corner of my eye again, I saw that ball of fire, ball of light, rather. And it began to go up and down the aisles of this sanctuary. And I watched it from my office, and I watching it on the screen, and all of a sudden, that ball of light came, and then there was another one, and it came about right here. And those balls of light started going up and down, up and down. And immediately it took me to this passage of scripture. And I thought, Lord, I'm losing my mind. What I'm saying today is this, that there is a shifting and a changing taking place where the earthly realm is having an encounter with the heavenly realm. And what I'm saying is you are not alone today. But there has been a dispatching of the heavenly angels of God to keep charge over the saints of God in this season. 
And I walked out of here, and I walked out because I, I didn't want to see it on camera anymore, and I walked out, and I couldn't see it. And Brother Jade was standing there, and it's all of a sudden, then he said, man, they're just, there was, this room went crazy. And I thought, the Lord is just moving. And I, what I sensed then, about a month, month and a half ago, in my spirit, I felt like the Lord was saying, I'm rearranging things for what I'm about to do. And I believe there's been a rearranging. And that rearranging has began to open up portals all across this nation. And houses of worship that's been faithful, men and women that's been faithful, are getting ready to have an encounter with God. And you are going to realize that you're not where you thought you was, but you're going to have to say what Jacob said, surely the Lord is in this place. I'm going to prophesy over you this morning. I know this is a little different, but I'm going to prophesy over you today and tell you that you're not where you think you are, but God is about to bring a release to you. And those dead things are going to live. And those things that's haunted you, those stronghold that's been over you, those are being broken off of you. And God is getting ready to let you experience him in a whole new way. And you need to begin to just begin to make the proclamation that he really is Lord of my life. Because he has not abandoned you. He has not forsaken you. He's not put you out to pasture, so to speak. No. He's allowed you to be on this journey, but now, and that's why I take us back to where we started this morning, Solomon said to know wisdom. Listen, do not lean to your own understanding. I don't understand and I don't know how everything's going to look, but you may say, how is, how is it that you can validate what you're saying to us this morning? Can I tell you why the world has been gripped with fear? The reality that we're really approaching the gate of heaven is, is clarified simply by this. And I believe every one of you pretty much under the sound of my voice can attest to this because most of you have been in this room every Sunday morning for the last month, month and a half since we've been back. The thickness of his presence is a testimony of our true location. Every time we've assembled in this house, the presence of the Lord has intensified. The presence of the Lord has been thick in this room like in other houses of worship. And it is a testimony of your location. Your location is you're at the gate of heaven. What does that really mean? It means that we're dwelling in his presence. And in his presence there is fullness of joy. It is now that we must do what Jacob did. We got to take that stone and we got to build that thing up and we got to pour some oil on it and we got to begin to call the place that we are what it really is. Let the world continue to call it whatever they want. But you and I got to begin to call it what it really is. We're on the brink of stepping in to eternity, my friend. The world is going crazy but our king is still in control and you don't have to be full of fear and anxiousness this morning as they come to the piano this morning I want to take us I want to transition us from the preaching into a place where we can just be alone with the Lord for a few moments I'm the first to tell you that there's a lot of things going on in this world that can disturb us was it that many months ago that I was, had the privilege to be in Istanbul, Turkey? What an experience it was. But I walked into the old cathedral, over 1,500 years old. It was presently been used for a museum. But the saints of God have gathered there for 1,500 years. walked in and began to admire the structure, but I quickly noticed the attacks of the kingdom of darkness. They took all of the horizontal bars off of the doors that used to resemble the cross, and you could still see the faint lines of it. 
I walked into this beautiful, open house of worship. Scaffolding was everywhere. They had workers that was painting over every painting that had anything to do with Christ at all. Outside, there was building all around it to make it look like a moss to remove it from the landscape. To let a generation say that it never was there. 1935, there was a resolution that was passed that protected it and made it be a museum where it couldn't be used for anything other than that, really. But Friday, unanimously passed where they could, they disband that. Been for 85 years, have been protected. Within just a matter of moments, the president of Turkey devout Muslim he proclaimed that they could begin to use that house of worship for a mosque people began to stand outside that building and began to holler these words Allah is great slotted to have their first mosque service on July 24th that may not mean too much to all of you but man that enrages me something awful because I've been there I walked there I seen and I felt the presence of God in the midst of the evil. I see people putting everything on the line to have a church in that nation. Yet then we see that evil begins to just shake its fist and say, we'll do what we want. And I'm here to tell you this morning, they can have mosque in it. They can have their little worship service, whatever they want to call it, on July 24th. But it's still not what that place really is. They can call it whatever they want. But it was built and it was created for a specific purpose. You can label it whatever you want, but it's still, it's still a holy place. The world can label you whatever they want. They can call you whatever they want, but it doesn't change the fact that he knew you before you was even in your womb of your mother and he had plans for you doesn't change the true identity of who you are. The enemy may have sat on your shoulder this week and called you a failure. He may have told you it was over. Told you you messed up too many times. But listen, you are still a child in the sight of the Lord. And he's simply saying, even if you've went wayward, even if you've lost your way, he says, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What he's saying is, I still have a plan for you still have a purpose for you so this morning if there's ever been a time where you understood how important it was to fulfill that purpose and walk in it it's now because it is late my friend I'm not trying to scare anybody into anything but this world is going to continue to rock it's going to continue to get more crazy it's still going to get more evil we're going to see more opposition we're going to see greater persecution we're going to have to stand Listen, I had conversations today this week with pastors I said the question is are you willing to go to jail for your faith that's in our future friend but it doesn't change the fact I'm still standing where God says I'm standing. I'm at, the, I'm at the portal of heaven. You say, but what happens when it gets really rough? I'll tell you what happens. In Acts chapter 12, Peter was thrown in prison. But the church made prayer without ceasing. And what happened? The Lord dispatched an angel went in, smote him on the side. I love you a lot this morning. I'd smote you on the side this morning. But he smote him on the side and he said, get up. Get your garment on. Get your shoes on. It's time to move. He didn't know if he was having a vision, a dream. He didn't know what was going on. But he got up, put his garment on, put his shoes on. Notice this. He began to walk to the first ward, the second ward, read your Bible, and it says the iron gate. The iron gate opened for him. Angel didn't touch it. He didn't touch it. But because of who you belong to, the gate had to open. 
Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of your seed. The covenant was made with all three of them. And the seed was this. You will possess the gates of what? Your enemies. That prison cell was Peter's enemy. But when he began to walk towards it, it did not have the ability to stay closed. I gotta tell somebody in this room, the enemy says you're in prison, you're in bondage, you can't do anything. But if you by faith begin to walk where God says to walk, there's some iron gates that's gonna have to open because of whose seat you are. And this morning, it's time to begin to decree and declare exactly who you are. You are a child of the most high God. Somebody give him a shout of praise for that this morning. You didn't know it. As we stand, you didn't know where you was. But right now, you're in the presence of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Maybe you walked in here heavy today. Maybe you walked in here and thought, I'm just going to go to church. You didn't know it. But you look around, you're in the presence of God. Can I tell you, it's not because I'm the pastor, it's not because I'm the one preaching, but in this house, like many other houses across this land, there is a a portal that has been opened in the spirit realm, uh, and men and women uh, are in a place of transition. This morning, if you're under the sound of our voice, and you're heavy, you're discouraged, maybe you feel like a failure, maybe you're just weak, Maybe you're in need of something. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and come and join me in the front of this room right now. We're going to pray with you. This is not a place of weakness, but this is a place of strength. Maybe you just need a spiritual touch. Maybe you need a physical touch. Maybe you just need to be strengthened today. And as they minister in song this morning, I'm going to ask you to come. You can stand, you can kneel. We're going to pray and we're going to believe God for your need this morning because he loves you. He has great plans for you. You're not in a place of defeat, but you're in a place where God is going to be glorified and lifted up in this season. God bless you this morning. Won't you come? Won't you come as they minister in song? We're going to pray. We're going to believe God for healing. We're going to believe God for, for touching, ministering to the